Maximize Your Influence is your podcast for the latest persuasion, sales, and negotiation techniques. Our mission is to help you influence on command, anyone, anytime, anywhere. Your host is the author of Persuasion IQ, Laws of Charisma, and the best-selling book, Maximum Influence. Now, your host, Kurt Mortensen. <laughs> All right. Let's learn more about Persuasion, Motivation, Influence Podcast 448 at Maximize Your Influence. Kurt Mortensen here. And we have been focusing lately on negotiation, how it's different than persuasion. Remember the rule? Persuade first, negotiate second. Spent some time this week training some high-end real estate negotiators. Wanted to know more about DITF. Does it work? Can it be abused? What do the studies show? A very experienced questions, but we can talk about it where you can use it every day. So went to a smaller desert city. I don't know how you could live there. <laughs> I'm not going to name names because I know people love living there, but man, it was an armpit. I'll just leave it at that. Hopefully, if you're listening, my apologies <laughs> from that town. Hey, I'm not going to name names. You love it. That's great. So you get to hang out with the sand and the snakes. But anyway, we had a lot of fun this week doing real estate negotiation, really taking a look at what's working, what's not working, what's changed. And today is DITF day. I'm going to explain that here in a bit. But hopefully everyone's doing well. You're changing the world, making more money, being more successful, learning how to influence, getting more tools in that persuasion toolbox. That is the key, a tool a week, a tool a week. Which brings a good time to plug MaximizeYourInfluence.com. That's where you get more information on Influence University. Take your free Persuasion IQ assessment. Get the free book. The new edition of Maximum Influence. Just pick up a little shipping and handling and everything you need to know to get more tools in that toolbox where we can spend a little more time coaching, consulting, taking you to the next level. But let's get into it. Remember, you can email me at Kurt at MaximizeYourInfluence.com where we use your email on the show. You get free access to the gold level at influenceuniversity.com. So I'm going to send this to Frank. He was in my seminar this week on negotiation. He was big on the DITF, door in the face. Does it work? What's going on? We're going to talk about that. But first, let's get into the persuasion blunder. Homer. Don't, don't, don't. So I get this random call on my cell phone. And they're getting so smart with these auto dialers to where they use your area code. They can kind of sense which ones you're going to pick up and the ones you're not going to pick up. And I picked up. And there was this deep, authoritative voice that it was a police officer. So he said, a deep voice inflecting down, very authoritative, raising money for the police. You know, that's usually a good cause. I do hear people that get the special sticker in the mail and they put it on their bumper. Don't get as many tickets. I can't prove that. But some people do swear by that, that they've donated to a police charity or whatever it is. Anyway, I'm listening. He's giving back, helping out, helping those that are hurt in service. Sounds like a pretty good cause. So there's some good things there. I haven't got to the blunder yet. Deep voice, inflecting down, very authoritative, giving back, helping out. All right, all pretty good. And another good one, he gave me three options. Would you want to do $25, 50 or $100? He's like, I'll send you an envelope and you can... Choose one of those. Which one would you like to do? And I'm like, well, good cause out of the blue. Do I trust this person? Is it really going to the police officer? So I had a little trust issue, some skepticism. 
said, well, you know, let me try the $25, make sure this is all legit, but go ahead and send me the envelope. I'll go ahead and commit to $25. So remember, there's three options. Are you 100% sure about your $25 donation? I'm like, yes, I am sure. He says, remember, there's $25, $50, and $100. I'm like, I'll do the $25. And I kept telling him, and he kept going back, you know, are you 100% sure? You know, there's three options. (laughs) And about the fourth time, I'm like, all right, I'm done. Something fishy. What's going on? Not accepting my $25 donation. So I hung up. (laughs) I don't know what the deal was, but that is a huge blunder. I was willing to do the 25. You know, get me in the door. This is why a lot of supermarket stores do those low-cost leaders where they're losing a little money up front, get you in the door, get you to order something, might lose the money. I needed them to prove they were legit, but it was just around in circles, like I hadn't answered it. It was just ignoring me. That was a challenge. Not listening. That was a challenge. Kept going to the same loop. That was a challenge. So willing to donate to hanging up because of the blunder. And you know what? This probably works every once in a while. What's the saying? Even a blind dog can find food. (laughs) Just because it works once or twice doesn't mean you should keep using it or find some other tools. A one-tool wonder, and that is the blunder of the day. Which brings us to the geeky scholarly article. And the topic of the day, persuasion, negotiation, DITF. The article is from Psychology Today. Dr. Lawrence White in the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology Titled, Does the Door-in-the-Face Technique Really Work? They're talking about researchers in Germany that attempted to replicate the classic finding in psychology. So this DITF, which is like, go big, go as big as you can, does really well in negotiation persuasion. It was first identified, wow, probably over 40 years ago by Dr. Cialdini at Arizona State University. It's this two-step technique where the first person asks for more than they could reasonably expect to get. And follows up with a smaller request. And when we do that, the person's more likely to agree to that smaller request. Now, the example they use in this article is they asked students to staple their term papers before turning them in. They would get a small percent to do it. But if they started big, hey, I need duplicate term papers and a three-ring binder. These binders cost three bucks. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'll tell you what, at least staple it. Then that'll work. And we got to be careful of the intimidation manipulation here. <laughs> I've tried this one out before. You tell me if this crosses a line. I've just noticed with my college students that there's this trend of whining and complaining. No matter what you assign, what you do, they complain, they whine. So if you sign a 10-page paper, complain, whine. So I try this out. 20-page paper. Yep. Complain, whine. Woo-woo-woo. I'll tell you what. You do this, this research, this many sources. I'll make it 10 pages. They cheer. I'm the hero. It's what I wanted anyway. <laughs> So we got to be careful with that one. Even something you can use every day. Hey, can I get an hour of your time? No. See the big request? Can at least get two minutes? Can at least get five minutes? That tends to double the yeses that you get. It's a great technique that can work. Now, if they give you an hour, take it. Take it. That's assuming they say yes to the first request. So why does this work? This DITF, this door in the face, what is the psychology behind it? Now, some people say it's because people feel guilty. They said no. They refused the first request. A lot of people feel that. I'm going to add my two cents here. A lot of times it puts things into perspective because people are going to say no no matter what. So it puts things into better perspective, especially in negotiation. Dr. Cialdini calls this reciprocal concessions. 
where you've said no, they're looking for a compromise, there's a little reciprocity there, obligation to get them to say yes. Probably a combination of all of the above, little reciprocity and reciprocal concessions. Basically, that means when you concede something, they're more likely to concede to you. When you give a concession, they're more likely to give you a concession. If you want to know more about that, check out the archives at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. And of course, it also puts things in perspective, especially if you're dealing with a hardcore negotiator, they're going to say no three or four times, even though it's a win-win. Sometimes when you influence up, you get the person, no matter what, they're the decision maker, they're going to say no a few times. Get it out of the way. So this can be seen as a compromise or even a concession. So it could be used for donations. Hey, we need a million dollars. Oh, really? Well, how about 50,000? Puts things into perspective. So the goal of this study was to replicate in Germany, another country. This was led by Dr. Oliver Ginschau at the University of Cologne. They tested 391 participants, and basically, they trained these assistants, and they would walk across the campus, approach a person of the same gender that was walking alone. The assistant would introduce themselves and ask for a favor. So they just tried a small request. Hey, can you help us out to chaperone a group of juvenile delinquents on a two-hour trip to the zoo? And 34% said yes. But then they switched it up. Let's go big, right? You hear it? Go big or go home. <laughs> so then they did the first request. Are you willing to be an unpaid counselor at the juvenile detention center for two hours a week for the next two years? <laughs> the person's like, no. Oh, well, whew. will you at least help us out this two-hour trip to the zoo? And that cranked it up to 51% of the passerbyers agreed to be a chaperone. Think about it. Think about it. 34% to 51%. So they found pretty much the exact same results that it still works. So let me spend some time. Does this backfire? So every society in the world, we can go to a tribe in the rainforest and cultural anthropologists believe that we all have this reciprocation hardwired in our brains. And that's why this works so well. So this can work well, especially like I mentioned with trained negotiators. It's okay if you've done your research to make the first offer. That's pretty much giving a concession. I'm going to go first. This is what I'm offering. In fact, studies do show, and I've talked about it before, that the first offer sets the anchor, the starting point of the negotiation, and you can get better terms that way. Studies are very clear, assuming you're the expert and you've done your research. Sometimes you can just get some of those other no's out of the way, especially those authoritative, red-type personalities that no matter what you say, they're going to say no. So get a couple no's. Hey, is there any reason we can't come to an agreement today? No. Well, it's kind of a yes. Any reason we can't hammer this out in one hour? No, that means yes. So there are different ways to strategically use the yes, no, and even the maybe. So remember this door in the face is someone slamming the door in your face. That's where it's coming from. When there's the salesperson at the door, they slam it. Or like I said earlier, during the blunder, you hang up. That would also be door in the face. So an interesting research was done by Dr. Ricky Wong. He's at the Hang Seng Management College in Hong Kong. They wondered that if you're using this door in the face, could that have an effect on a second negotiation? So they were instructed to go really low, reject it, and then come back with a more moderate request. Then they had another group just do it normally, what they considered a normal negotiation. So after this first negotiation, all these students were educated on these different negotiation tools. And one of them was door in the face. And what happened when they realized what was going on, 
They viewed the person that they negotiated with less trustworthy, and they were more likely to choose a new partner for a different project they were working on. So they found that this can backfire on you if your counterpart senses that you have attempted to manipulate them. And that's the key here. That's what I want to talk about. You want to go big. You want to start the starting point of that negotiation or persuasion, but you got to be careful not to go to the insult zone, where it's just way crazy, way dumb, way stupid. You got to let people know, hey, this is where I get my numbers. Here's the standard. Here's the contract. Here's the comparables. You got to let them know where you're getting the number that you're not pulling out of the air. Part of that is making it an odd number. It's $100,000. Okay, where'd you pull that out of? Make it an odd number. That can get you past the insult zone. Let them know where the number's coming from. That's one way this could backfire on you. Now, if you're really concerned about the insult zone, maybe you want to get a little permission to insult them. And this is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, you know, I, I can give you my numbers. This is where I'm getting it. This is the numbers I've crunched. I, I, I'm just kind of concerned it might insult you. It might be a little too low, a little too high, whatever it is. Is it okay if I go first and just start this off? And they say yes, that's permission to insult. <laughs> And the other key here is make them work for it. Watch those big jumps. That can backfire on you too. If they're all $100,000 and all of a sudden the next move is $50,000, you're like, whoa, whoa, what happened? Wait a minute. You got to go into smaller increments. Make them work for it a little bit at a time. Watch those big jumps. That's when a lot of times it's like, whoa, 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 no way. Pulling it out of the air. So I'm saying, yes, it works. Sure can backfire on you. Any persuasion negotiation tool can backfire on you when done in the wrong cheesy high lactose way. That's just how it is. So to review, let them know where the number's coming from. You've done your research. You insert it in the formula. Careful of the insult zone. Permission to insult if they want you to go first. Have them work for the concessions. If they ask for a concession, you ask for a concession. And watch those big jumps. You see, door in the face really helps put things in perspective from time, energy, resources, money, puts things into perspective. Known as a law of contrast for those that have studied maximum influence. There are different ways to put numbers into perspective, especially the knee-jerk reaction, it's too expensive, which is a lie 67% of the time. And or, as a persuader, negotiator, you haven't built the value. There was no return on investment or return on time. So... Especially in negotiation and in persuasion, door in the face is a powerful technique when done the right way. Again, it's under the law of contrast. You want them to agree with that smaller request. Now, this is also called, for those who need to know, social responsibility model. What that means is the person or the prospect that you're talking to turns down the initial request. Subconsciously, they feel guilty. They're not helping out. They've let you down. Guilt is what they call it. <laughs> they don't like those negative feelings, and it's easier to say yes the next time around. One of my favorite studies is when they ask college students to donate blood. Hey, we donate blood today, and 31% said yes. But they said, hey, will you donate blood every two months for the next three years? They're <laughs> like, no. Hey, we at least donate today. Pop from 31% to 49%. It just helps people adjust their perceptions. I've seen this with football teams, door-to-door, -door, right? Donations. Hey, your neighbor just donated 100 bucks. You're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Social validation and contrast. Well, I don't know about 100 bucks. Hey, at least 25? <laughs> that increased donations by 17%. 
So this is the negotiation game. Remember, I've talked about it. Oh, I don't want to play the game. If they're coming to play the game, you have to play the game. Again, go big or go home. Now, there's the unethical side of this, too, where real estate agents, we talked about this at the seminar this week, they have set up properties. And that's a function of contrast and maybe door in the face, too, where you say, I want to invest $300,000. you are like, okay, here's the property. And it's a dump. It's a setup. Bad neighborhood, bodies in the street. Okay, maybe not that far. But anyway, just bad, run down, not very good. And you're like, no way, this is a dump. And then they show you the one that they really want you to see. <laughs> That's the setup property. It's 300 and it's just so much better. Now, here's an interesting one, too. A study done at Arizona State and Montana State Universities tested to see whether we might think our own spouses or partners were less attractive. In one study, students were first shown pictures of models before rating the attractiveness of members of the opposite sex who were not models. These students rated these non-models, just the average person, as less attractive than to the other students who did not first looked at pictures of models. <laughs> And part of that process, too, we start high when you go buy a car. Hey, I'm looking to spend $20,000. they are going to show you a $40,000 car, and you're probably going to leave with a $30,000 car. <laughs> they do this with caskets, with TVs. They're just adjusting your perception of value. Before and after pictures. <laughs> you see those diet commercials. The before picture is blurry. They're slumped over, big old belly, black and white. They're not smiling. The after picture, dude... They're smiling, they're tan, they're sucking it up. That is the same type of thing with door in the face. So it's not just with money or numbers. It can be used with a variety of different things. Even job interviews. I tell college students, send your roommate to go before you and have them do a rotten job. You'll look better. Or an idea. Wait until someone has a really dumb, stupid idea. You go next because your idea will sound better. <laughs> Even speaking order. You want to make sure you go after someone that's just rotten, not very good. You look better. That is just how this works. Known as contrast or door in the face. Even speaking order. Now, an interesting thing about speaking order, do you go first, go in the middle, go last? What should you do? Well, do you want to follow the rotten person? I guess if you can. On a side note, never go in the middle if you can choose. You should go first if it's a topic they've never heard about before and you're going to be the first one to plant the seeds. Now, if you've been hashing this out for months, for years, you probably want the last word. You want to go last, known as the recency effect. So understand this contrast and pricing and building the value. We know numbers that end in seven are more persuasive. Hey, it's $9.97. It's around $9. We tend to round down. One study reduced the price of an item by 14 cents. So it was 89 cents to 75 cents. And then 93 to 79, most people felt the second one, the 93 to 79, was a bigger reduction. Even an odd number ending in 99, 97, had a bump of sales by 8%. So it works. It's important. We can do it. It's door the face, the good, the bad, the ugly, the do's, the don'ts, where it's going to backfire on you. Yes, this is a powerful tool, a powerful technique. So there we have it today. Another wrap for Maximize Your Influence. Really appreciate you being here. Again, send me an email at Kurt, KURT at MaximizeYourInfluence.com. And I'm getting some great reviews on the perfect persuasive presentation program. Hey, let me give you the training. 
for free. What? Yeah. Hey, go to presentationiq.com. Take your assessment. It's 10 questions. So identify your strengths and your weaknesses. And I'm going to give you my training on how do you create, what's the template, that perfect persuasive presentation. Quit winging it. Have the formula. It's tried. It's true. It's proven. Based on thousands of other presentations, what is that formula going to give it to you? Going to give you that training. Check it out. PresentationIQ.com. So, DITF, door in the face. Use it. Don't abuse it. Follow the structure that we talked about today. Become more influential, a better negotiator, and go out and persuade with power.